Welcome to Pep Talks, People Empowering People. These uplifting interviews allow everyday people to share their not-so-everyday stories of resiliency to help you get through your story. This is your host, Casey Crawford Kellum. I'm a widow who has certainly faced my share of adversity, but I continue to keep on dancing. I'm a school counselor, author, yoga instructor, motivational speaker, and former business owner and special ed teacher, and now podcaster. My journey is about helping you to get through your journey. Ask any kid who plays an instrument what they want to be when they grow up. I want to be a rock star, they'll say. Well, our guest today, Matt Tech, got that opportunity. After touring part-time around his sales career, he got the call. The call that took him to Branson, full-time performing in a headline show. We'll get into the details during the interview, but Matt had to get moving on some side hustle after their first pay cut. He takes us through the circumstances that led into a lawsuit against a producer and how he became a director of sales in the hotel industry with no hotel experience. Immediately, he walked into a career that takes most experienced hotel employees years to achieve. Let's hear how he did it. Welcome, Matt Tech. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. I appreciate your time. It is my pleasure. My honor to be here. Well, thank you. And so Matt and I uh, met a little bit on a podcast platform. Matt also has a podcast called uh, Tech Talks on his name. We'll talk more about that later in the interview. Uh, but Matt, why don't you start by giving us a little background about you, you know, as a kid playing the instrument. Tell us a little more about that. Sure. I grew up about 30 minutes north of Chicago in a little town called Zion. And in fifth grade, I was exposed to music. And actually, I played trumpet my first year because that's what all the cool kids were doing. But I really, really, really wanted to play drums. And so after the first year, I came home crying. And my mom asked me why I was crying. And I told her that I wanted to play the drums. So in sixth grade, I switched and played played in middle school band, high school band, and when I was in high school, I had a, we went through a transition where my first two years was the last two years of one band director. And my last two years of college was the first two years of a new band director, young, fresh out of college. And he really took me under his wing, Mr. Mark Reimer, and encouraged me to pursue music as a college major. So I moved from the Chicagoland area down to Edwardsville, Illinois, just outside of St. Louis and pursued a music education degree where I unfortunately did not graduate. And there's a whole story behind that, but basically I was seeing teachers go before me getting into these positions and just seeing that it wasn't really the lifestyle that I thought it was. Teachers are just so underappreciated. And this was, this was over, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And so I actually started working at a church, still playing music, still playing on the worship team and met my wife at church, my now wife of almost 11 years there, two kids, four and eight. And she actually sings on the worship team. So music kind of connected us. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) Nice little story. So you played percussion, which is, must be why we 
connected here because I grew up playing percussion as well. All right. Uh, and loved playing percussion, of course, just as you, you know, we said in the introduction, grew up thinking I was going to play in a rock band, but you definitely yep. uh, surpassed me just by playing in uh, <laughs> your church band. That's a lot further than I got. Uh, and I love that, you know, you were inspired by your director. And then I also respect that you saw that music education wasn't really your drive, that that mm -hmm. wasn't the angle you wanted to take. And I certainly understand and respect that. So you're, you're playing in this, uh, your church band. Is that what you're doing for uh, your living at this point? No. So for a living, I work in the hotel industry for Marriott International. But I, I, my wife and I recently have changed churches. So, so we, we felt like God was calling us to kind of kick the bird out of the nest time to fly type of thing. So we both left our home church. She was there for 30 plus years. I was there for 11 and wow. moved, moved to another area and just started attending another one. So we're in the process of auditioning for that worship team, but it was in, in playing at the church about 11 years ago, myself and one of the guitar players had this amazing idea. We both love the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I do too. Absolutely. We love it. And yeah. so I had seen them back in 2010 and my buddy Eric is obsessed and he had an idea. He said, hey, what if we do some sort of outreach concert where we have some talent here in the worship team. What if we did like the first half of TSO's real show and we just did it here at the church and we and we did it for free but we did it as an outreach to bring people into the building. And we did that. That was that was uh that was 11 years ago that we did that and about 6 years later we were playing so this turned from a one-time one-time thing into an annual St. Louis celebration and we ended up selling anywhere between because we had to sell tickets now because we had to cap ourselves at fire code. We couldn't just let everybody in now. And we would do five to six, five to six shows every year, every December at our two campuses and probably play to a total audience of anywhere between six to 9,000 people over the course of those shows. Wow. And so it, so it turned into the St. Louis annual tradition. And then we got a call. I don't know how far you want me to go, but we got a call to actually play at a casino up in Wisconsin. And we couldn't do it. There was no way that we could take all these volunteers, 17 of us, all the way up there. And so there was another group that came that apparently does this professionally in St. Louis at all the casinos and large hotels. And they went up and played that. They came to see our show to take some tips from and it turns out that the next season they needed a guitar player. So they called my buddy, Eric, he started playing guitar and then their drummer quit. They needed a drummer. So I came in and played drums. Next thing you know, four or five of us out of this church production was actually playing professionally on tour all around the United States to, to smaller casino circuits or larger hotels. Wow. That's amazing. What, what a, transformation just kind of playing with your church and then having this great idea to so you were doing like a similar kind of show to TSO mm -hmm. like your orchestra rock kind of yes. kind of show were you so creating the your church, own songs 
No, no. At the church, we did an exact replica of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. So we did everything down to the note with TSO. We weren't trying to make anything our own. We were just trying to duplicate what they did on a smaller scale, but for the purposes of bringing the purposes of bringing people from outside into the four walls of the church to experience what our church had to offer. How beautiful. That had to be amazing. I love TSO. That's that's what Christmas was always about going to see TSO. I mean, they just, they, they put you in the mood and just you left with chills. So here you are doing the exact replica at your church. And next thing you know, now you're, you're traveling and doing this at casinos. Mm-hmm. Now, how far, uh, how long did you travel like this? The whole month of December, were you doing all this or? Yes. So like? all of us still had full-time jobs. So we all worked Monday through Friday. And so, so between the beginning of November, so there were all weekend gigs. They were usually a couple on Saturday and one or two on Sunday. So every weekend usually had about anywhere between three to six shows every weekend between the beginning of November and the first weekend of January. So, so total, we would play anywhere between 50 to 60 shows during, during the winter season, all the way up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, all the way down to, uh, let's see, we went down to, to El Paso, Texas and everything in between. We played everywhere, everywhere in between. Wow. And what was the name of this band? The name was called the, um, the prophecy show. And I don't know if they're still around. I think they may have hung it up last year. I haven't, I haven't been involved with it in a couple of years. Okay. What a neat experience for you. You know, growing up as a kid, like I want to be a rock star. I want to play my, I don't <laughs> want to work. I just want to bang on my drums all day. And that's right. And all of a sudden this opportunity from your church to this great idea, like let's do this trans-Siberian uh, piece. It ends up like huge in your community. Sounds like the big biggest event each winter that people were looking forward to and you've got six to nine thousand people listening to your show each you know shows each year that's huge Mm -hmm. and then to have this opportunity where your friend leaves and you know plays the guitar and then the the drummer leaves and you get that to slide in in his position yeah that's a little kid's dream come true it is that's pretty cool and and to combine your faith with your passion for music. I mean, that that's pretty awesome to have that opportunity too. It is. Wow. That's neat. And so, so here you went to college and you were a, a music education major, but you mm-hmm. didn't graduate. Yeah. But now as a complete twist on top of all this music experience you've had, which is just, like I said, a kid's dream come true. Now you're in this hotel industry. Yeah. Now, how did that come to be and how did you rise so high in that industry? Yeah, so I'm going to back up just a little bit because when we were on tour with the Prophecy Show, we were simultaneously still doing the shows at the church. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So we were still doing all those. So that was a lot of planning, uh, pre-planning. And some some YouTube videos had begun to surface with our with the prophecy show and somebody that owned a theater in Branson had just bought it and they were renovating the theater in Branson. It was called music city center. It's right on the main strip across from the Applebee's connected to a hotel right there. 
it was a beautiful facility and it had this digital screen that wrapped all around you. So, so they were trying to create this fully immersive ex, um, digital experience with the TSO. So we had rain, we had a uh, snow make snow machines and everything, lasers, holograms. It was, it was just insane. Wow. This person saw these videos and said, Hey, can you guys come do this at the theater? But we need you to do five shows a week for about 45 weeks every single year because the TSO has their winter show, which most of us are familiar with, but they also have a summer show, which is based around Beethoven. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so we went to Branson and um, it was actually the day that my son was born. I remember the day it was February 16th, 2016. That's when my son was born. And um, the producer had called all of us and told us, this is the opportunity. Here's the money. What do you guys want to do? Because it required a lot of us having to either quit our current jobs. Well, most of us had to quit our jobs, but we really had to find something else because we were required to be in Branson Thursday evening and then stay Friday, Saturday, come home on Sunday. And um, (laughs) all of us quit our jobs. Oh, what a risk. (laughs) One couple moved out there and the money that they were paying, this is when the whole, like, I want to be a rock star thing. This is, this is really when it, when I felt that it was real in my life, because when, when he sent me over the contract, I read it and, you know, it it was going to pay me more than what myself and my wife were making combined Oh my! just to work a couple of days a week. So I, I retired my wife so she could stay at home and homeschool our kids. Like she's always wanted to do. And about, seven or eight months into this. So now I'm going to get into the hotel part about seven or eight months into this. there started to be a little bit of a disconnect between the owner of the theater and our producer. Now our contracts were, were with the production company and there, there were a couple of weeks here and there where we would show up and the producer wouldn't have a paycheck for us. And so we were told that the, uh, the owner of the, of the theater had some things he was trying to rearrange all that stuff. So um, the first thing that happened is we got a 40% pay reduction. And when, when that happened, I knew my wife and I had discussed, we were not going to send her back to work full time. We really, really wanted to focus on homeschooling the kids and her being a stay at home mom. Like she's always wanted to. So I started to pick up some side hustle and this is when the hotels come in instead of going to Branson on a Thursday and coming home on a Saturday night, I would go to Branson on like a Tuesday and stay for a couple of weeks at a time. And the folks that I was working with, I would bounce around between hotels because this person owns that hotel, this person owns that hotel. But I was working with all these theaters and all these resorts. Cause if you go to Branson, there's a lot of shows to see. There's a lot of amazing shows and all of them need their tickets to be sold. So what I would do is I was the I was the liaison between the theaters and the resorts so they could build all-inclusive packages for their hotels and their resorts that included show tickets. And so I would basically go um, broker these different deals for, for the theaters. And in doing so, I would work with hotel general managers. I would work with hotel directors of sales. And I started to hear this lingo like average daily rate, like occupancy, like rev par, like FIT packages, and just started to hear the hotel lingo. 
And so a very, very, very long story short, when we had to actually pack up the show due to a group lawsuit against our producer, we all found ourselves out of work because most of us had quit our jobs. And so when I, when I, when I came back home to St. Louis over on the Illinois side, I actually hopped on to a job site and just searched hotel sales. I didn't even know if it was a thing, but I figured I would see if it was since I'd met some. And I remember seeing a position and it was a director of sales position for a Wyndham in St. Louis and the requirements were way out of my league. It was like a master's degree, five years hotel experience. I didn't have any of it. So I scrolled past it and my wife asked me, Hey, how'd the job search go? And I told her about this and she said, well, why don't you just apply? So I applied and walked in. And in a week later, I had the job as a director of sales for that hotel. And that started my career uh, almost four years ago. So you must have dazzled them something fierce <laughs> in that interview. You knew the lingo, didn't you? Well, I knew the lingo. I knew each hotel is so different. It's so different. And a lot of people don't know this about hotels, but Hotels are kind of like McDonald's. They're all franchised. So like Marriott, IHG, Hilton, they don't own hotels. So they're the brand behind the experience of the hotels, but the hotels are actually owned usually by some local folks. And then, and then if those folks just want to own a hotel, but they don't know how to operate a hotel, they hire a hotel management company to run the day-to-day operations for that hotel. And I work specifically for these management companies that manage the day-to-day and sales operations of the hotel. But in the interview, to kind of get back to your point, I did know a little bit of the lingo, but I also just told them, so for anybody listening that's looking for a job, there's, there's, you know, 40 million of you here post COVID. Um, if you're going into something that you're unfamiliar with, what I would tell them is I told them, here are my strengths. You know, I've been in sales for this amount of time. Here's where I do have experience. I don't have experience in the hotel industry. And I think that that's a good thing because there's a reason that this position is open and I don't have any bad habits that I'm bringing with me. So whatever you need me to be for the success of this hotel, you can mold me into whatever that is. And I'm just a quick learner. I'll do whatever's asked. And I think that was kind of the hook that really got them to, to give me that position. That's brilliant. Really brilliant because it's absolutely true. They can mold you into, into their brand, mm-hmm. teach you what they, they want from their specific hotel, their mm-hmm. brand. These are expectations and you're not bringing back, you know, other habits or other experiences. So that's actually quite brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously it worked. <laughs> it did. Yeah. And then it's, it's been a crazy journey since then of the last four years. It's been four years. So now at this point, uh, how, how old are your kids at this point? You My have a kids newborn? are, they're now four and eight. Four and eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this started four years ago. So you have a second child and you're taking this risk. My gosh yeah. of, you know, you gave up everything to go play this music. Now you've got this lawsuit and you're all coming back. Probably heads kind of hanging. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, we gave up everything. I want yeah. my wife to stay home. We had this plan for her to be the, you know, homeschool the children. Now I'm coming back without a job and you just <laughs> took this risk at looking for a job that, you know, 
some might say you had no business even going and interviewing, but you did. You did have yeah. the business doing it. Why not? Why not hire somebody that that has the drive, that has, mm-hmm. you know, the strengths that are needed, and that's moldable and um, quick learner. Why not take that yeah. person? And they took a risk on you just as you took a risk with them. And now four mm-hmm. years later, where are you with this? And how, how has that four-year journey been? Yeah. So I was at that first hotel for just four months, believe it or not, because the owner of that hotel owned a couple of other hotels on the other side of the Mississippi River in in an Illinois town called Edwardsville. So basically the owner saw, because the owners see numbers, they see revenue, right? And so the owner was seeing these numbers started to shoot up in four months. And he said, hey, I've got three hotels where I don't have a salesperson on the other side of the river. So he basically just picked me up and threw me over to Illinois and put me over those three hotels and said, Hey, we need you to build a team. And we need you to find yourself a sales manager that can focus on groups and weddings and reunions. And we need you to find yourself a coordinator so that you're not bogged down with paperwork and scheduling and all that stuff. So we built a team over there, opened one of those three hotels, and then we're starting to open another one. So we were, so we were going to have four and I remember getting a phone call one day from, from the largest hotel company in the world. Um, and they had found me through a referral from my manager at the Wyndham. And they said, hey, we've heard kind of what you're doing. Now, at this point, I've only been in the industry for, for one year and four months. Still very, very, very new. But Numbers were good. Hotels were performing very well. We saved one from having to file bankruptcy, which was great. And I think that was the story that got out was we saved the one that was really, really going under. And so this management company had just taken over a extended stay branded hotel here right outside of St. Louis. And they said, um, um, we'd love to have you come over here over to St. Louis and help us keep this hotel from having to file bankruptcy. And so those positions are usually temporary because once you don't file bankruptcy anymore, then what's the use of having me there after that? So that was when I, because again, I was just looking for a job at the beginning, but I did not know and it didn't really take the time to understand what the market value here in St. Louis for my position was. And so I actually declined at first and I said, actually, I really enjoy where I'm at. And so they asked, well, out of curiosity, what would be what would be the salary that you would need to to transition? And I said, well, what is the salary that you have budgeted for that hotel? And when they told me the salary that they had budgeted, now mind you, I'm going from three hotels to one hotel. It was literally double what I was making for three hotels. And so I said, I'm going to pull over so we can have a further discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Change of mind here. Oh my gosh. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. You're thinking, okay, I'm just going to take care of one hotel there, you know, probably will make a third of what I, you know, I'm making right now and here they want to pay you double. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. Put on the brakes. (laughs) Yeah. So So I went to that hotel. We saved it from bankruptcy totally turned it around. And then there was another hotel nearby that was, that was actually just breaking ground. They were brand new. They were opening. They had kind of heard the story of what we had done. And they, they again called me. So I've been, so I've been involved in six hotels and have only applied for one of them. 
Oh my gosh. In my four years. And so the salary has kept going up. The benefits have kept going up. The team has kept going up, you know, the performance. So the hotel that I'm sitting in right now doing this recording, I had the pleasure of opening this hotel one year ago. We just turned one year old. And even during COVID, it was so strong that, that about 50% of hotels in St. Louis had to close. We remained open and actually remained very, very strong comparatively through, through the COVID-19 pandemic. And now we're actually starting to build occupancy back up where we're starting to bring back employees, bring back full-time employees again. Um, we went from a staff of 35 down to two. And then now we're at about, I think, 15. So we're making our way back. And now with my current company, now we're looking at, okay, how do, how do, we, take, how do we take these ideas and these concepts? Because this hotel, when it opened, opened in the top 5% of courtyards, which is a Marriott brand, top 5% of courtyards that have ever opened in Marriott, which means that we achieved a certain goal that usually takes most Marriott's 18 months. We achieved that goal in 10 weeks. And oh so the gosh. so the company wanted wanted me to come and 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 train all the other sales directors within the company about eighty five hotels, and then when we were talking about that position happening, then that's when COVID hit and everything changed. Wow! Oh, so now you've kind of got your own brand, and people are seeking you to come fix their hotels. Uh, their courtyards or what have you mm-hmm. to to get them out of bankruptcy to help them to grow you you've become this icon in this area and oh, goodness. much needed resource it sounds i mean it sounds like you can take your show on the road and just brand yourself almost and and do this to hotels all around that's not a bad idea i've never thought about i never thought about that before during I'm, covid cuz i was on a 16 week furlough like most hotel employees and during that time, all the old companies were were calling, um, and I really just had to pray about you know where do I see my future going, and I really see my future with the company that I'm with currently, and so I held out, and we all have to do things that we weren't doing before. So I, when you and I were communicating earlier, I told you that I'd be a few minutes late because I was working a front desk shift. It's not something I've ever done before. But now some of us are having to do that. Some of us are having to go help, you know, strip rooms and clean rooms because we're just, we're doing whatever's necessary. But even in this time, even though, even though my career aspirations got on a pause, I feel like I still need to show the company that I will do whatever it takes to help this company grow. Even if I've got to go clean some rooms, even if I've got to go clean some bathrooms, if I have to work an 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift, I will do that to show you that I'm still committed to the company. So I think right now, a lot of companies are figuring out, especially hotel companies are figuring out, okay, who's going to be with us long-term and who is only here for the short-term. That's probably even most companies right now. Absolutely. And you have proven yourself certainly that you are in for the long haul. You're a team player. You're willing to pick up the pieces wherever they are throughout the building Whatever is needed, you're going to take on any role. I mean, that's that's huge. That's huge in leadership to be able to not be uh, bigger or better than those other jobs around. You know, you just do what needs to be done, and and they, I'm sure, are seeing that in you. And this this guy's a keeper, and you know, done. You've done wonders for them with their revenue, uh, even despite this 
pandemic, you brought them back up. I mean, you went down to two employees and you're back up to like 15. I mean, that's you're showing growth already, which so many places have had to just close down for good. Right. And, and you guys didn't. And I'm sure that's attributed a lot to you, your drive, your expertise that you gained through experience. I mean, this is just really amazing. I mean, you you have a lot of gifts to offer these hotels and you know, they're they should be very grateful to have you for what you're doing with them. I'm sure. I appreciate that. I can't take all the credit. We have a we have a phenomenal operations team and a phenomenal general manager and the corporate staff at um at Intermountain Management is just they are second to none. They are the best. The best. Wow. You're in good hands, aren't you? And I love that all of this came around simply from taking a risk, you know, a couple risks. Um, You know, you took the risk to leave everything and go play with this TSO kind of cover band prophecy. Uh, And then you come back having kind of lost that and lawsuits and that doesn't exist. And your wife just says, you know, apply to that job. Oh, but it says five years experience. It says master's degree. So what? apply. That risk that you took is admirable. And I hope a a good big takeaway for the listener to know that we, you know, don't overlook job, uh, you know, ads and say Mm -hmm. that you're not valuable because there's, there may be something that you have with your personality, your drive and your ability to learn, your ability to mold, um, your ability to take on whatever they're asking to do to make the place a better place. I mean, you're, you're demonstrating all of that to be true and giving hope to the listeners that it's okay to, to step out of your paradigm. You know, when you were banging on the drums in sixth grade, you weren't like, I'm going to run a hotel. <laughs> you know, that, it wasn't your dream, right? but you're doing quite well. And you still mm-hmm. had that amazing experience getting to kind of be that rock star that you wanted to be. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah. Combining it with your faith, being able to keep your your wife home, being able to play, you know, not too far away from home. I mean, it's kind of like it all, it's all come together and you just trust the journey. Yeah. That's amazing. I've I've never, I've actually never heard it put like that before. So that, that helps me appreciate, appreciate it more, your perspective of it. Thank you. Uh, Absolutely. And, And, you know, oftentimes we look at things like, oh, this producer, he's, you know, messing with us and we're not getting the money. And we took all these risks and, and you can really hang your head down low and put yourself into a real rut. Or you can use this as an opportunity. Okay, well, I got to go back home. I have to get another job. And boy, I stepped out of my comfort zone, leaving a job <laughs> and a wife with her baby and taking on, and your baby, taking on this rock job that we created out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, you, you're taking these amazing risks. I, I just admire this. I, I hope that it gives the listener the empowerment that it's okay to take risks. And when things don't work out with that risk, it just means there's going to be another opportunity. Yes. And, and don't look at it as, oh my gosh, this door shut. And now what? Oh no, there's another door that's opening. It's mm-hmm. a, a hotel door maybe, <laughs> you know? And that's awesome. <laughs> a lot of hotel doors have opened for you yeah. since that music door shut for you. It so, did, yeah. Victor, I, I, Victor over victim. I love that Victor over victim. And so, you know, right now you're living pretty comfortably. You have two kids, Mm -hmm. your wife's homeschooling the children. She is. Today was the first day homeschooling 
both of them because my son started in preschool. Oh my goodness. And your school year kind of begins now? It began today. Yeah. Beginning of August. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Like we're, we're not, I don't know when we're beginning. We're, we're in <laughs> I know. major pandemic stuff going on right now. This Yeah. March was yesterday. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and we're taping this beginning of August and I just learned I'm not going back till uh, November at oh, early. Oh goodness. I mean, well, obviously school will be in place, but I think everybody will be homeschooling their children to an extent. Um, your wife was ahead of the game. She, she mm-hmm. made homeschooling cool before it became something <laughs> that we now all have to do. So, um, She's wow. been getting a lot of phone calls uh, for, for folks that need help with it. What a great resource she must be because yeah. that's, it's huge. So many parents are taking on this responsibility and, and no, nobody wants this. It's just, it's what we have to do to keep people safe and healthy. It's just, that's what it is. Absolutely. And we have to roll with it. Um, it. But let me ask you, you know, if, if you were to talk to your son or daughter what advice would you give them? Like when they're they're approaching you know, your little ones going into preschool with the other ones eight, and maybe when they pick up an instrument or they start to say they're going to be something when they grow up, what advice are you going to give them? That's a good question. So my kids are still young, haven't had a ton of time to think about it, but my eight-year-old, she had it seems like what she wants to be when she grows up changes every five seconds. And that's okay because in our house, we 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 want to encourage her that there are no limits to what you you can be you know not just because you're a girl or because you live in a certain area um or even because you're homeschooled like we we want to we want her to know that that there's endless possibilities so when she says daddy i think i want to be a girl president i say you know what you can be a girl president that and you will probably be one of the best presidents that we've ever had in history and so we really try to validate how they feel at the time so I don't know if there's any particular advice, but you know, my daughter loves to dance. She loves to sing. We encourage her to do so. She loves to dress herself in all kinds of weird, you know, weird clothes and stuff. And that's a big reason why we decided to homeschool because we didn't, we wanted her to be able to freely express herself without feeling like she had to conform to what other people might think of her. And so um, I don't really have a, a piece of advice other than we just, we just encourage their imaginations to go wild. I love this. And I, I think you're just, um, your advice comes by your actions, watching you Mm. take these risks. Like, I mean, you're, the day your son was born, you're taking on a, a whole <laughs> risk of, uh, yeah, well, I quit my day job and I'm going to go travel with this band and I just had a son. Like, <laughs> wow, and you have a four-year-old at home. I mean, that's, that's a huge risk. You're, you're leading by example. Perhaps there isn't anything you have to say, do as I do, not as I say. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're leading by example. They, they will be so proud of you when someday they put it all together and see that dad took all these risks for us and we're living pretty darn well. Yeah. And, and there's nothing that can stop dad. He, he, he recognized that going to college for this music ed degree wasn't his thing. And instead of feeling like you're in a rut, like however many years you put into your college, instead of feeling you're in a rut, like I've got to f- finish, I've got to be this because I started as this, you took a risk even there. And thank goodness, because, well, you, you wouldn't be making the money that you're making now, I'm sure, and, and probably would have gone, you know, to 
strikes and all sorts of other mayhem that comes <laughs> with education in times. Um, I've been in education for 30 years now. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I'm grateful. My journey has been uh, much different. But, you know, you, you even took that risk. You've been a risk taker for a long time. And, and even starting as the trumpet, you know, you didn't like the trumpet. Hmm. And instead of sticking with it, you're like, I want to play percussion. Yeah. And thank God you didn't because that, I thank goodness you did actually go on to play the percussion because that's what helped you get through the journey and get to where you got with the prophecy. Yeah, it's all, I think of this book by Andy Andrews called The Butterfly Effect. He didn't invent the concept, but he really put it into words. Yep. And all these, all these decisions, you know, like if I, if I didn't drop out of college, my best friend that I went to school with never would have invited me to church. If I didn't play the drums, I wouldn't have gone to the church that he invited me to because he invited me to play drums. I never would have met my wife. I never would have had my children and my wife and my children are like the biggest reasons why I really try to push through and do, do the things that I do. Isn't it amazing? And, and it's an inspiration, I hope, for kids to just trust the journey. I always say that I've gone through my adversity, too, and, and it, you just trust the journey. I wouldn't be here had all these other not-so-great things happened to me, from mm -hmm. death to disease. I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be meeting great people <laughs> like you had it not been for parts of my journey. Sure. So never regret never resentment. Um, mm -hmm. You know, each person comes into your life, even that producer that perhaps, you know, did you guys wrong? That builds that resiliency. That makes you stronger, wiser, wiser Absolutely. knowing contracts, wiser knowing the law, <laughs> which maybe yep. has helped you in, you know, uh, navigating through the hotel business, knowing how to read contracts, interpret them and make sure that they're very thorough. Definitely. That's you a good know, point. So yeah. our little journey, you know, if we could just look back and watch how it all unfolded for the last however many years, like, oh, so that happened so that I could get there, just like you're saying, and here, and, you know, you just follow this zigzag pattern, um, and it's a beautiful thing, you know, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing, it gets us to where we are now, and you appreciate the journey, and, you know, I, I love, I love hearing people's stories, and I'm grateful for you to share your story because you certainly give hope to those that maybe are just in a, a quandary. They don't know where they want to be or what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Take that risk and look at the job offerings out there and go for it. Absolutely. Just go for it. I agree. The, the answer is always no if you don't try. So just try. Right. right? Yep. Well, I appreciate you, Matt. Uh, I appreciate you talking to us. And so I, I want to take one more uh, thing, though. You do tech talks. Mm -hmm. um, you, on top of all this, saving all these hotels and working with all <laughs> these great people and, and um, just really building a life around the hotel life, you started a podcast, again, called Tech Talks, mm -hmm. T-E-C-K, talks, all one word. Tell us more about your podcast, if you would. So part of my hotel career journey was highly attributed to, so the things that you're putting into words as far as, you know, being, being a victor over a victim and like pushing through and everything, all that doesn't just come. You have to, you have to be around people that, that demonstrate those same behaviors. You have to read the books of people who have been, 
been through similar trials. And so those, those four years, my mentor, when I first started in the industry, really encouraged me to read, 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 listen, you know, so, so podcasts weren't really that big back then. So he'd give me CDs, digital files to listen to. And so I, I just consumed an incredible amount of self-development, personal development content, you know, Christian living content. And over time have found myself pouring out into other people who needed it just like I did along the journey. And so when I got laid off due to COVID, I was sitting at home and the first couple of weeks were really nice. I soaked up the time with my family. And for those four months, we were, we did a lot of stuff together that that time wouldn't have really allowed us to do when I was working. But it was also during that time that somebody had said, Hey, you've got a lot to offer. You should probably just talk about some of the things that you've been through and think about, think about recording your journey. And then another friend of mine said, well, you can do that in a podcast. So it really started out with just an avenue of how can I take these things that I've been through, turn them into valuable lessons, but also not just, not just talk to people, but give them the tools that they'll need, whether that be a spiritual tool, an emotional tool, a mental, or even a physical tool, a book or a podcast that they can have to get them through whatever they're about to go through or are currently in right now. And so I just wanted to use my lessons and pass along knowledge to other people. And it's been, it's grown. Uh, I didn't think that it would get to the point that it did I think we hit 5,000 downloads within the first 90 days and just did not anticipate that happening. Um, but it's That's been a amazing. very, very, very cool thing. That's very impressive. That's really amazing. And, and so you just started this in the last couple of months. Yeah, we launched April 15th. Wow. That is- on, on, a, on tax day. So I decided since they backed up tax day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hijack tax day and make it tech talk tech talks launch day instead oh, i love that make make it a positive day and so are yeah. you interviewing people on your are you just sharing your story yeah so so both we've had i've tried to stay on a schedule where we where we do at least an interview goes up every 2 weeks so we have a lot of interviews up our first one was with a keto influencer so mm-hmm. So for those folks who are on the ketogenic diet, like myself, you know, Aaron has about 52,000 YouTube subscribers. He came onto the show to share how you just fit keto into your everyday life. We've had every, you know, we've had people talking about, we've had uh, first master sergeants in the U S talk about, talk about um, what's called EQ or emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. We've even had some uncomfortable subjects like pornography addiction, because you have to break free of those things to really live your best life and have, you know, have what God wants for you. So we've tackled some tough subjects, but we have a lot of amazing people that we've been able to interview. And when you say we, who is doing this podcast with you? Um, well, I like to consider us a community. So I, I take feedback from all the listeners and we really tailor it to the folks who are listening to the content, the reviews, the emails. So I say we, my wife helps me and my wife actually recorded the intro. She does a couple of segments for me. It's really me, but I, but I, I don't want to use I, I, I all the time because this really isn't my project. This is for, 
this is for everybody else that listens to it. So when I say we, I speak on behalf of the general we on whom this project is dedicated to. I completely get it and can completely relate. And I, I think it's awesome that we connected because we obviously share the same mission to help others get through their journey. You know, cool. our journey is to help others get through their journeys, to give them the tools and the strategies and just the confidence that they can get through whatever their adversity is. Right. Listening to others get through their stories helps people get through their story. Yeah. So I, I, I'm so grateful that we connected here, Matt. I think this is really cool. And again, listeners, uh, I will have this in the notes, uh, but it is Tech Talks, T-E-C-K-T-A-L-K-S. Um, and this is Matt Tech that we've been talking to. So grateful, Matt, for your time and your story. You've been an inspiration, I'm sure, to the listener in going for it, taking those risks, and understanding there's a reason in your journey that sometimes there's fallbacks because for various fallbacks, there will be definite you know, steps forward. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you sharing that journey of yours and giving others hope for their journey. Well, it's my pleasure. And if I can just reverberate back to you that I'm appreciative that, that you're doing this to help other people with their journeys but also somebody who went to school to be a teacher, the fact that you've been an educator for said over 30 years, I just, I want to express my appreciation for you because I'm sure that there are hundreds, if not thousands of children that have become better people because of your influence. And I can already tell by the way that you are, the way you handle yourself, the way you ask questions, the way that I've heard you um, on some previous episodes of yours, I can tell that you've had a major influence on a lot of people. So I appreciate your commitment to education. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate this. I mean, hey, we got to keep dancing, right? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again, Matt Tech. Appreciate your time and I wish you well with your podcast as well as all your hotel endeavors and to your wife and children. Thank you. Thank you. We learned from Matt Tech that if you are looking for a job, tell them about your strengths. Be honest about your limited experiences emphasizing that this is what will make you multiple to their company's specific needs. Choose a victor attitude over a victim attitude. The setbacks in your journey may be the very catapult you needed to get to the next step in your journey. Have the courage to take risks. You will be amazed at where they may take you. You can find Matt Tech on his podcast entitled Tech Talks. That's T-E-C-K-T-A-L-K-S, where he interviews others who have overcome adversity. Today's gratitude is, one doesn't discover new lands without consenting to lose sight of the shore for a very long time. Well, that's it for today's interview. We hope our guest's story helps you get through your story. Don't stop believing and keep on dancing.